Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Um, Lovely weather. Man, it is just go out in the garden weather. It's not going to be too hot, not going to be too cold, not raining. Shouldn't be raining today. Tomorrow's another story. But this is a perfect, perfect growing time for most of our uh, fall vegetables. Uh, Leafy greens, root crops. If they're not in the ground now, they need to be. They need to be to do their best. Now, what else can you be doing? Trimming trees. Maybe not. Okay. Fruit trees, things like that. You do want them to go dormant first. For our fruit trees, that's usually an easy answer. Wait till all the leaves are off of them. Wait till all the leaves have fallen off. That's your hint that it's gone dormant. Once it's dormant, you can prune it up as needed. Now, plums and peaches have pretty specific trimming patterns. We don't need to worry about those yet. They're not dormant. We're talking probably February, but I know you're thinking about it. So what do we do? How do we get the best performance out of the the fruit trees and trees that were fruit trees that were uh, taken care of? And you know, it isn't just fruit trees. There are a lot of trees that we will be pruning. We've been talking about crepe, oops, almost said it, crepe myrtles today. When they have dropped all their leaves, you can look at pruning them. Pruning them. Crepe murder hurts the tree. Crepe murder is not how you shape a crepe myrtle. If your complaint is, well, it grows too tall, you put the wrong plant in that place. That may not make you happy, but uh, I'm sorry. That's kind of the way it goes. The right size plant should go in the place where you want it. If you go, I want this crepe myrtle, and the spot you have for it is less than 10 feet, you better have a crepe myrtle that grows less than 10 feet. I have 30-foot tall crepe myrtles. I am not crepe murdering those or pruning them. I will never get those to behave at under 10 feet. That's not their natural habit. Things like uh, mountain laurels. They're kind of strange because they're evergreen. 
as such, you can prune those and shape them pretty much whenever they're needed. Clean cuts, it'll be okay. And the idea is you would rather make lots of small cuts than simply go out there and hack it in half. That is not proper way to prune things. Let's go to the phone. This is Ken. Ken, what can I help you with? Good morning. Uh, you mentioned about pruning fruit trees, specifically peaches, when they're dormant in February. And I typically prune those when the buds start to swell. Is that too late? No, that's fine. That's fine. <clears throat> okay, because I, I have quite a few. I have about 15 in my yard. I have grapes, mayhaw trees, things like that. And typically that's the the rush, the spring rush, is when you start to see the buds swell. And they have, mayhaws are already producing fruit, but the, uh, the grapes and the peaches are swelling about the same time. So it's a real aggressive little work effort there to get them all done. But I just wanted to confirm that I wasn't doing them too late. You are not doing them too late. <clears throat> you can prune a peach, which is hard to say. You can prune a peach when the blooms are open and you're not going to damage the uh, tree. You're not going to hurt it. When the buds yes, start swelling, that's fine. Now, the One only thing there is, as you get compressed for time, you could consider pruning them a little earlier so you can spread the work out. But, no, there's no harm doing it the way you are. Well, I'm the typical gardener that waits to the last minute to do everything. But uh, Really? <laughs> I've never heard of anybody you like know, that. You know what I'm talking about. You put that off as long no. as you can. Yep, yep. Hey, well, uh, one other question, please. Um, yeah. I have tried to plant plum trees in Central Texas for the last 20 years. And sometimes they'll take off and produce a little bit, but they eventually die. Is there a plum tree, probably the Mexican plum, that works best here? Or is there, are there other plums that work here? Mexican plum will probably grow here, but it's not a long-lived tree. So yes, you you lose that. The Methley and Santa Rosa plums are self-fertile. They will actually help pollinate each other to try to increase your yield, and they both will grow here. Although I am like you. I have not had consistent output of them ever. I mean, they'll be covered with plums. They'll be, you know, marble size, and then all of a sudden, they're all gone. Well, and I'm not sure if it's a woodpecker or a mockingbird, but yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. I lose them. I lose the trees as well too. They're they're pretty susceptible to the borers. Yeah, and I I, I really suffered. Uh, the boars this year, this past year? Um, they will grow here. I have friends who harvest plums like crazy. 
I I think they're making a deal with the devil to get them to make the plums like that, but who <laughs> yes, knows? So yes, you can you can grow plums here. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the call. Uh, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be back in just a minute. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, Got a lot of questions about trimming stuff now. <clears throat> yes and no. For example, my golf muley, which looked horrid during the summer. Hey, it's suddenly with a little rain, it's amazing. It's looking really good. When would you trim your grasses? Why do you trim your grasses is probably a better question. When your grasses turn brown, they look good. They really do. It's an architectural feature of them. Don't like that look and you got to get rid of it? Okay, trim it. Can you do it now? If it's still growing, I would let it grow. Unless it's all brown already, I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. And even if it turns brown, I I don't, for the most part, trim my grasses at, like golf muley. Um, I let it be. New growth will come up. Old growth will get blown out when the wind blows and everything will look just fine. Trees. Um, questions like fig trees. That's one of the few things that I will not trim. I only trim it when it is a question of blocking a path, rubbing against the house, something like that. The more new growth you have on a fig, figs are produced on new tips. So if you cut the fig back, here's the thinking. If you cut the fig way back, it's going to put on all this new growth with these little tips. Yeah, that can be true. But if your fig is not very big in the first place, let it grow up some. Let it do its own putting on new uh, branches for you. Do you need to prune it now? And I definitely wouldn't be cutting it to the ground. It will naturally freeze to the ground if it's not mature enough yet. If the branches aren't very big, that first maybe five years, that first five years of growth, you may see that fig grow up, freeze to the ground, grow up, freeze to the ground. There'll be a year where it goes, grows up and you'll notice it didn't freeze to the ground. You now have shoots producing branches. That's what you're shooting for. 
anything too young, don't be cutting it to the ground. It does that on its own. The freeze will set it way back. <clears throat> That's not a bad thing. That is how figs do it. What about other trees? Lots of choices there. Lots of choices. Do we cut now? Do we wait till all the leaves fall off? I <clears throat> asked an arborist once, is it easy for, for them to determine where to cut on the tree if it has leaves on it or no leaves on it? And believe it or not, I said with leaves on it. When it doesn't have any leaves on it, we don't know what branches are live or dead, and we don't know what kind of cutting we need to do. But shrubs, you got, let's talk about, we were talking about crepe myrtles. If they still have leaves on it, they shouldn't be being trimmed right now. If you have uh, Texas sage, Texas um the, the purple flower Texas sage, you can kind of trim that as needed all year long. You just don't take big chunks out of it. That's kind of the best way to do it. As it grows into the size and shape you need, light trimming. <clears throat> At any time, you you want to not make these huge cuts. Technically speaking, you can remove about a third of a shrub, and it's okay with that. But it's, it's much happier. It's much happier if you're taking small cuts out of it. It'll develop a better structure that way. It'll be a healthier plant. Now, I've mentioned I don't generally prune. <clears throat> I don't generally prune my crepe myrtles, period. I will cut the shoots that pop up from the bottom. I will cut those off because I like the look of the trunk of a crepe myrtle and then the canopy. I don't want it to be nothing but, you know, shrub from the ground to the top. I want it to look like a multi-trunk tree. Now, I have a pear tree that I'm going to really have to prune this year. I got a whole host, a whole host of water spouts. A water spout is a shoot that kind of goes straight up in the air, can be really long, and it doesn't have a lot of branches on it. Well, that does no good on a fruit tree. You need branches to support fruit. If you don't have the branches, where's the fruit going to form? So I will have to do a lot of pruning on my pear tree. Will not be doing it till all of the leaves fall off of it. So if you're out there and you go, well, I've got to prune, you probably don't have to prune right now. 
you probably do better to wait till the trees go dormant. The shrubs are, you know, lowest point. The cold weather is hitting and kind of shut them down a little bit. They're not trying to put on new growth all the time. They'll do just fine. I know it's like, well, when they're ready to be trimmed, it's really cold. I don't want to be out. I, I get it. I get it. But we're good. The plants are doing fine. You don't have to go crazy on them right now. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got to take a break for the news. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Let's go to the phone. This is Brent. Brent, what can I help you with? Fine, uh, Jeff. I would like to have your suggestions on a replacement tree. I lost a large pecan in the backyard during um, the ice storm and so i'm looking to replace it the only other tree in the back is a schumard red oak which is probably 20 to 25 feet high now so i'm looking for something with a nice canopy but i want something that's roots go down as opposed to surface like a live oak um, the only one i've been thinking about was possibly the sh the shangtung maple that is a that is a nice tree that does well here it is uh, going to give you a little fall color. It has a very nice canopy to it. Relatively fast grower. I mean, it's faster than most oaks, but it's not like some of the trash trees, like a mulberry. But that is not a bad tree at all. I have a question. Did you remove sure. the pecan? I'm sorry? Did you remove the pecan tree? Uh, yes. It'll, uh, well, it, it, I'll be taking out the stump probably sometime in the next two or three weeks, and then it'll be Got it. it'll be completely gone. Okay. Well, so long as you can dig the proper sized hole, you can plant that new tree remarkably close to the old one. Great. That's because I'm looking at moving it over probably three to five feet from where the old one was. That should, that should be fine. You're going to have a problem. There are going to be roots out there, and you're going to have to, you know, cut through them, whether you use pruners or good um, a root saw, uh, shovel, doesn't matter. And you can pull those roots out, if you can, and get rid of them. Okay. And then then you can put the new tree right in that hole and um, it should, could you do it now? You could, you could plant one now. So the Changtung maple um, is kind of a seasonal tree. We do get it here in Texas. It's just not one that you would always find at a nursery. Okay. Is there any other uh, tree somewhat like that you would suggest as an alternate? Wow. Um, I'm, 
I was a huge fan of Monterey Oaks. They grew quickly. They had a great canopy. They tried really hard to be evergreen. And boom, the freeze apocalypse, no more Monterey Oak. And it was 12 years old. It mm. should have been well established. So I I know that was a one in 50 year cold spell. But I don't know that I would go with that again. Um, I just planted another. I lost a lace bark elm. I planted a new one because I really like that tree. And that that's a fast grower. It's an attractive tree. Does very well here. That would be something I might suggest. Okay. So that's a lace bark, a lace bark elm. Yeah, or a cedar elm. The only difference between the two is the bark of the lace bark elm looks like puzzle pieces, and it flakes off really weird. The cedar elm doesn't have that quality about it, but they are very similar in their growth pattern and their leaves. Okay, very good. Well, I may look into the Shangtung maple and see if, if that seems to grow well in that soil, in the Pflugerville soil. Um, I may give that a try. Seems like uh, a, just, you should be able to call the local nurseries. Hey, okay. you got X tree, and then you could at least go and see one. Exactly. That's That sounds great. Well, thank you for the help, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Brent. Uh, let's stay on the phone here. This is Ed. Ed, what can I help you with? Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can barely hear you. I'm going to ask my question, and then I'm going to listen to you on the radio. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. We, uh, we have a, a ornamental pear in the yard, and I want to do something with the yard as far as uh, getting some, uh, something to grow, a ground cover of some sort, but we have all these, uh, uh, these like wooden knots coming up out of the ground. I don't know if they're runners, if you call them runners or what they are, but there's a bunch of them coming out. It's, it's like wood coming off the root or something, I guess. And I didn't know if I should just uh, cut them down or chop them off, or that's why I'm calling you, sir. Let me hang up and listen to you. Sure. Um, what you are seeing is probably what they call knees. K-N-E-E-S. The root will start to rise up and winds up coming above the soil line. And it will work its way back down, but you have all of these places where, geez, it's really inconvenient. You walk there, you trip over them, um, you mow, and the mower smacks the root and hurts it. The problem with this is their roots, you can't uh, you, you, you can't cut them out because the tree needs them. You can't force them back down. And people will go, well, why don't you just cover them with soil? You know, you smooth the yard out. The problem with that is that doesn't stop the root from what it's doing. It can still wind up pushing its way above 
ground level. And that's, that's not helping you at all. The only solution I can think of, at least temporary, is if you can put an inch or two of soil down to cover these spots so that you have nice, even turf. And then you can do new sod. You can, you know, use some kind of ground cover. But over time, you're going to see that they're going to show up again. So the question becomes, cover the knees or take out the tree? Not an easy solution by any means. So ornamental pear can do this. Um, the Montezuma cypress can do this. The oak trees can have knees like this. You, you're kind of stuck with them. You can't cut them. The tree needs them, but they're going to be in the way in the yard. So, gosh, I wish I had a solution for you, but I don't. You can remove the tree or you can try to cover it with soil. Those are really your two options, and neither one of them is easy or good. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, I got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, Let's see here. Oh, we talked that already. Um, what should you be doing today? This is a good cleanup day. Turn your compost pile if you haven't. Go check all your mulches. I know it's cool weather. We don't need as much water. We've been getting rain. But you still need the mulches there. They'll block weed germination. Are they nice and fluffed up? Are they, is it good and thick? Is it consistent? That's one thing you should be looking for. And you can do that just by going out there with a, uh, with a simple rake and scratching the ground a little bit and seeing what happens. You can loosen up the mulch so you don't need to go and get more. Let's go to the phone. This is Steve. Steve, what can I help you with? Good morning. How are you today? A great day. Good. I have uh, a Sam Houston peach and a Methley plum that need to be pruned. I've never pruned a peach or a plum tree before. I've read up on it, uh, but I can't find anywhere that tells me when to prune it. Okay. Good question. You, you want the plant to be dormant. So both of them are going to drop all of their leaves before you do any pruning. Generally, okay, we start pruning in February, either one of them. You can prune later than that, 
you can prune almost up to the actual flower bud opening up. But we want the, yeah, we want the tree to be dormant. You want good, sharp tools, keep them clean, and make nice cuts to shape it so that it has the structure that can hold lots of fruit. But you're early yet, but you're asking at a good time. Um, You're in round drop. You may want to check with a place like Green and Growing. And you can check with um, the Natural Gardener. The Natural Gardener has a fruit tree pruning class every year. And they don't talk to you about it. They stand there at a plum tree and prune it appropriately. They stand there at a peach tree and prune it appropriately. So you can see how to do it before you come home and try it on your own trees. That would be great. Do you know when that class is going to be offered? I do not. I need to check with them. They normally offer it end of January to the middle or so of February. They have a website, um, tngaustin.com, and you can go there, and they have a calendar of classes they hold. You can also check with Green and Growing. They're much closer for you, mm-hmm. but they also do things and schedules about when to prune fruit trees and how to prune them. So one of those two Green places- Green Growing is the one in Pflugerville, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Been there. Yeah. Very very good. I appreciate that information. You bet. Now, you want to check with them kind of soon here because it'll sneak up on you and they will have held the class the day before you thought they would. So be ready for it. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You bet. Let's uh, let's go to the phone, and this is Edwin. Edwin, what can I help you with? Hello, Jeff. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of asparagus beds. Uh, the one is uh, one-year-old. The second is two-year-old, and uh, they're growing tremendously. I'm wondering what to do to put them to bed for the winter and also the best time to plant ginger. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, okay. Um. If you're, are you talking edible ginger? Yes. Okay. That needs to go in a pot. It can't handle freezing weather. So you can put it in a pot. You could plant it now if you want, because it's not freezing. But you're going to have to bring it in during the cold, cold weather. And it's a beautiful plant, so you can Put it in your living room if you want and let it grow there. But ginger that you eat isn't going to make it uh, through the winter. It will die. Put it in a container, let it grow, take it outside when it's warm enough, and it'll do great. Now, as for your asparagus, this one's simple. After the first frost, Generally, after the first real freeze, all of those asparagus fronds are going to die. You're going to go in and you're going to cut them flush to the ground, all of them, 
collect them and you can compost them, you can throw them away, doesn't matter. But cut all the fronds flush. Go through the beds and weed them. You will have some weeds, okay? The birds will give you weeds. After you've weeded it, sprinkle about one inch of a good compost over the entire bed. After that, sit back and wait till spears start showing up. That one-year-old bed is probably not going to be something you get to harvest next year. The two-year-old bed, you may be able to get some harvest out of it. They need a couple, three years to really establish themselves so that you can get um, a good amount of spears cut and taken care of for it. But it's real simple care. Cut the fronds down, flush, weed it, pull out the weeds that are in the way, and an inch of compost. And you're good to go. You will be able to see good growth the next year. That's it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Edwin. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up to the top of the hour, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Uh, starting at 8 o'clock. Have a nice day today.